spectoral salutations <laughs> listeners. I can't even say it with a straight face. This sounds so ridiculous. <laughs> I am your resident spooky drag queen, Pissy Miles. And I'm your resident spooky drag queen, spooky sister, Sam Baxter. And, and this, this is, is my, my spooky, spooky gay family. family. never gets easier to do that over like Skype or FaceTime <laughs> or any of these things we're using because there's always a delay. Like there's always a delay. So I'm like, I don't know what she's saying. a 30 second delay. <laughs> get out of there, kid. Kenny, get off my fucking windshield. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm Kenny. I'm, I'm, I'm Kenny, clearly. Especially with all the weight I've put on in quarantine. <laughs> I have eaten literally nothing but carbohydrates. I have eaten pasta. I have eaten, uh, Cheese, which has some protein, but like today for breakfast, I had a corn muffin with butter <laughs> and then I had several cookies um, and a cup of coffee. And that's been my day so far. <laughs> I think I had eggs, actually. I, yeah, no, I did. I had scrambled eggs this morning. You know, I should have eggs because I have a fuck ton of them in my fridge <laughs> and uh, I use a lot of eggs in cooking. But like in the morning, I just have not been inspired to cook that early in the day i i'm happy to cook dinner but i i have a hard time like motivating myself to cook in the morning do you ever find that i have a hard time motivating myself to cook ever so like, <laughs> and i like to cook it's just i was gonna say that, you like cooking and you're good at it it's just that 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 like 30 seconds of like i don't fucking feel like it and there's Tatino's pizza rolls in the freezer <laughs> like <laughs> i've eaten so many chicken nuggets <laughs> and don't even stop like when I tell you that I realized putting a chicken nugget in the air fryer was the best fucking thing in the world. Like, if you told me right now, I live above a Wolfgang's restaurant. If you told me right now they would open Wolfgang's and let me sit down and eat and be the only person in the restaurant, or I could have chicken nuggets in the air fryer, I would eat chicken nuggets in the air fryer and watch Survivor on my couch. That is all I want <laughs> to do right now. <laughs> Ranch dressing uh survivor on the couch chicken nuggets were golden i bought i oh my god oh my god oh my god i went to bj's with dad this weekend and i didn't realize that like ranch dressing is my favorite thing in the world it uh, hands down like do you want a million dollars or do you want ranch dressing it's gonna be a tough call <laughs> i <laughs> i saw because we were walking up and down the aisles at bj's and i saw that they had um the gallon jug of ranch dressing. <laughs> well, I did get two giant containers of ranch dressing. But then I saw that across the aisle, they had all the like seasonings. Mm -hmm. Did you know that there is ranch seasoning? Yeah. Why did no one tell me? I, I don't understand. Burgers. Um, it's, it's really good if you like mix it into the chopped meat before you make a burger. I was just about to say I'm good, I might put it in the chopped meat the next time I make like a pasta sauce. Yeah, why not? Oh, or like a meatball with ranch seasoning in it. 
Yeah, probably two Fuck three. Fuck me gently with a chainsaw. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> that is my tribute to Heather's for the day. Um, fucking delicious. Ranch dressing is the fucking bomb.com. That it is it is everything I've ever wanted. You can keep your sweet and sour sauce. You can keep your barbecue, your tangy barbecue, your honey mustard. Keep it all. All I need is ranch dressing. That's that's the next single on your on your album. Is all I need is ranch. <laughs> all I need is ranch. <laughs> all I need is ranch. I'm writing it for you right here. <laughs> World premiere. <laughs> but that, anyway. if i ever put an album out it will be it will be dedicated to ranch dressing um <laughs> every song is something i like about ranch and they're all the same song because it's everything it, the, every song is everything uh yes this is not an episode entirely about ranch dressing although i hope that uh i i hope that one day we can do an episode about ranch dressing I mean, I, f- I feel like we could probably do a mini-sode on ranch dressing if that's what you really... Or a, or a micro-sode. Your, your heart desires. <laughs> I would be happy to do a micro-sode on ranch dressing. And it's just you all sitting there listening to me eat. <laughs> and going, mmm. I think that's technically mm. ASMR, isn't it? Sure, I'll rub the Can microphone it, while I don't do a little... <laughs> <laughs> I always make fun of uh, Billie Eilish because I'm like, all of her music is basically ASMR pop music. She's like, and I'm like, girl, a a consonant, anything. I am like 90 (laughs) years old. I have never heard a Billie Eilish song. I, I have. And it's not that I like, I don't hate her music. I just am not like... I, I don't know. I, everyone everyone who's under the age of 25 right now is like unsubscribing actively while they're listening to this. <laughs> but I'm 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 not anti Billie Eilish, but I'm not going to like spend $60 on a concert ticket either. That's fair. You know what I mean? That that's just the way we are. That's no, where that's we are. <laughs> that, that was a Barbara Streisand, the way we were. Um yeah, I'm going to I'm going to stick to my guns on that. Yes, ranch dressing. Eh, Billie Eilish. No to everything else <laughs> right now. That's how I'm getting through quarantine. No Billie <laughs> Eilish, all the ranch dressing. Who's your, what's your favorite dipping sauce? We should My talk about this. Dipping at sauce? Okay, okay, I almost okay. said, who's you want, your favorite you dipping sauce? On this? Okay, sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I, I think I'm going to go with honey mustard for, for chicken nuggets. Really? In general. Yeah. Mm. I don't put That's it on David's anything too. else. Like I, I, there are other things I'll put ranch dressing on, but there is like I will not put honey mustard on anything but chicken nuggets. Specifically, well, there's no reason. Specifically, well, like a chicken, chicken tender, Mick nuggets. Would you put it on a chicken tender? Probably not. Honestly, with a chicken tender, I'd probably go for ranch. I would do the same thing. And honestly, up until this point in my life, anytime I went to McDonald's. I got barbecue sauce for my chicken nuggets because mm-hmm. that was what like mom always got for us when we were kids. So I was like, oh, if you have chicken nuggets, you eat them with barbecue sauce. But now as an adult, I've realized that there are other sauces and that McDonald's <laughs> has ranch. They have ranch. And I'm like, I, f- I feel like this was the the biggest uh, miscommunication I ever had with mom is that there was another option and it was ranch. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how the world just opens up as an adult? All the options 
<laughs> Everything is suddenly different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, wait, I could have had that? I'm at McDonald's like, a whole new world. <laughs> and they're like, here's your stuff. Get out of here. <laughs> Please leave. I did have a really good experience at Wendy's right before the self-isolation. It's totally irrelevant. I just had That's a fun. really good experience. Good. <laughs> I'm happy for you. I'm glad that they My could. My local Wendy's. That they could make that. Uh, Store number 500. And I have no idea what store number it is. Uh, the man, I sat there like waiting for food an extra long time. And I, but I wasn't in a rush. Like they were like, oh, can you pull up and wait for the food? And the manager came out and she was like, I'm so sorry for the wait. I was like, it's really fine. I'm not like, I'm not upset. And she was like, they gave me a free small frosty and two sugar cookies just for waiting. Sweet. And I was like, I was like, we're, we're married now. Like, I don't know. <laughs> this is, this is akin to a proposal. This is all I ever wanted. <laughs> That's all I ever wanted to hear. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, m- to my local Wendy's workers, you are uh, you are gems. Yes. <laughs> I, I That's all a, I have to I say. I have nothing to follow that up with. Yes, they're gems. So, so now that we are 10 minutes into the episode, I'm going to, I'm going to <laughs> jump in and give us a little but anyway. Um, we have a very special episode for you guys today. I'm very excited because this is, uh, I mean, you guys know how much we love slashers here at My Spooky Gay Family. And this is a slasher movie, but um, it it really was like one of those slashers in the 90s that totally was just like, if Scream hadn't happened, this never would have existed. Oh, um, no way. Yeah, we are talking about one of my personal favorite, like guilty pleasure slashers, which is uh urban legend (laughs) urban legend is one of those like it's one of those movies that you're kind of ashamed of how much you like it i know absolutely it's actually not like a horrifically bad movie like this isn't one of those oh it's so bad it's good movies it's actually not a terrible slasher movie it's not it has it's it has some very redeeming qualities no if nothing else i think the setup is is actually done pretty well yeah, absolutely. I think that I think that the overall um I think that the overall arc for the characters is very well done. I think that the the killer at the end and spoiler alert, we will be talking yes, about things about case. this movie. Yes. So uh so don't be surprised if we uh if we ruin some things for you if you haven't watched it. If you haven't watched it, you should watch it because uh it is a really, really great 90s horror slasher. Um Natalie goes on a really great character arc, although uh they kind of like fell into that kind of useless heroine. <laughs> territory yeah in this movie i i mean i think some of that just comes from the fact that like this is kind of like the redheaded stepchild of scream and i know what you did last summer yeah and kind of like the the only way they could make her different from sydney prescott and jennifer love hewitt was to make her useless yeah so like (laughs) (laughs) funnily enough apparently i was reading on the trivia for this one that jennifer love hewitt was actually offered the role of natalie and she turned it down because she turned it down she didn't want to be a scream queen Mm. and i'm like first of all who the fuck doesn't want to be a scream queen and yeah like your next big project was ghost whisperer jen (laughs) (laughs) like not that I think this movie would have like really like catapulted you to stardom or anything, but I feel like I know you know how was Heartbreakers a decade from now? Yeah, <laughs> and let's not knock, knock 
Heartbreakers because it is no Heartbreakers. Is great. I love that movie. And Jennifer Love Hewitt does a very good job in that movie. No, and I like Jennifer Love Hewitt. I especially like her in I Know What You Did Last Summer, which is why I'm sitting here going, like, you could have yes, done another agreed. slasher movie. <laughs> it's fine. Agreed. I will, I will totally join you on, on that the journey. F- the funny thing is, also, apparently, Sarah Michelle Gellar was supposed to play the Tara Reid character. So it literally really? would, it would have been Jennifer Love Hewitt and Sarah Michelle Gellar. In oh, I would have been very as, sad as, as well as I know what you did last summer. <laughs> I would have been very sad if Sarah Michelle Gellar had played uh, uh, Sasha. I I would be too, just because I love Tara Reid in this movie. Like I like Tara Reid. Ta- Tara Reid well. is one of the best job. parts of the film. But I think it would be hard to see. Um, it would be hard to see Sarah Michelle Gellar in that part because she, as, like in Scream Two. Mm-hmm. Casey is, I mean, she makes some bad decisions, but she is a very strong character. She's strong-willed. She's intelligent. She's calculated. Like, she's, yeah. she's a good character. She's not a, she's not a dumb person. Yeah, whereas Sasha, I she's not dumb. No. But she does, she makes a lot of bad decisions. <laughs> yeah, no, Sasha isn't exactly, like, it would be a, it would be a hard look seeing Buffy Summers make some of those decisions. <laughs> Yeah, it would it would be a it would be it's, a lot. It's a little You'd like have to throw... watching. I know what you did last summer, where like she's like a beauty queen and she's a little bit of a bimbo, and I'm sitting here going like, that is Sarah, Mich- <laughs> that is Buffy and Summers. You cannot fucking do that to Buffy. I know. <laughs> Poor Sarah Michelle Gillard. I I would have loved to have seen her as Sasha, but I I do think that Tara Reid was the right choice in this. No, I'm I'm perfectly happy with Tara Reid. It's actually uh, the whole cast. I'm happy with. Yeah, there's no one. I mean, there's only one person that kind of gets under my skin a little bit, but <laughs> I'm sure we'll get to that at yes. some point. Um, it, it, I think that I, I like I said, I like Natalie's story arc. I like Brenda's story arc. Rebecca Gayhart is like iconic for her performance in this movie. Um, I really wish there was a version of the like the Oscars that was just horror because Rebecca Gayhart would have won one for this one. I think. Honestly, there should be a horror movie award show because the uh, like the Academy of of Motion Picture Sciences is like they. I feel like Fangoria probably does this, but like, they <laughs> should. But it should be an actual thing where like it should be an. Actual I want a red ceremony. carpet. Yeah, I, I would watch this live. And they should all show up. Like they should all show up in like horror-inspired outfits. Like it shouldn't be a regular award like show. Like a goth red carpet, it'd be brilliant. Yeah, goth red carpet, or like they show up covered in blood. Like any, there is no limit to the the joy that this <laughs> award show. And would that's bring why me. this isn't happening because every theater in the fucking USA is like, ah, uh, no, we have to clean <laughs> all, up. No, 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 all no, this, no. <laughs> the yeah. entire theater was designed by a ninety-year-old woman. And everything's covered <laughs> in plastic. Um, <laughs> it's always like a Jewish grandmother being like, put the put the plastic down. Billy Porter uh, shows up just head to toe blood in like a six layer gown. They're like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Lady Gaga shows up in the meat dress. Um, <laughs> the same meat dress. It's decomposed. The same. Yeah. No changes. The same one. No, yeah. No, ed- no editing. Um, <laughs> but I do. I think that that would be a great thing because so many times you see horror movies kind of overlooked in the mainstream like awards shows and so many times horror movies are so intelligent and innovative and interesting and there's so much quality 
design and production and performance and like there's so many awards that could go to horror movies that they just get overlooked because of the the content of the movie yeah there's a stigma against horror and i think it's a shame no and like listen like not not every horror movie (laughs) yeah would deserve an award no (laughs) but like killer sofa no but like at the same time like i feel like if we're having a horror award show like i would want there to be like you know the schlock category where like things like the bed that eats could win a yeah could could, could win a fangy or whatever the hell it's called a fangy yeah oh i like that because i I I assume it's fangoria at at this point i would just assume that it would be fangoria handing them out absolutely and i'd be fine with that and they there could be best horror short uh best paranormal best slasher like there's there are plenty of awards to be given out in this i, I love that we've just decided we're not doing <laughs> yes yes we anymore. are we just we, we, we took a small <laughs> sidetrack to, to because we wanted to make it clear how much we feel that rebecca gayhart should get some some recognition well and that's what i was gonna say if any award was going to go to urban legend it should be best uh best killer reveal yes no best doubt. surprise killer reveal is <clears throat> absolutely brenda and that brenda punch. uh bates her last name is bates. Her, her last name is bates because that's another <laughs> that's another fun thing about this movie is it's not it's it's not always explicitly pointing out that it's taking things from other horror movies, but it's mm-hmm. there's all these fun little Easter eggs. There's all this fun little trivia, like sort of hidden in there. Like it's yeah, it's a really even Professor like, Wexler. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> who is played by Robert England and has a Freddy puppet in his office. He does. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that there's there's also um, Tosh. Her her roommate is played by mm-hmm. Daniel Harris, who of course is Jamie in Halloween Four and Five, mm-hmm. which I had no idea about until I looked it up when we were getting ready to record for this podcast. Yeah, no, but you have Robert England, you have Daniel Harris, you have John Neville is in this film. I know. As the dean, and I sit here going, like, what happened? What happened there? Um, I know. <laughs> but, like, it, half the cast it of Scream is 2 shocking. is in this. Like, like basically all the people that Randy was in, like, film class with in Scream 2 are in this movie. You have oh, Joshua absolutely. Jackson. Joshua Jackson. Yeah, I was just about to say Joshua Jackson. Uh, there, It's kind of surprising how many big names are in this movie. Um and I think that the beauty of Urban Legend is that it's like you're saying, it really kind of rode in on the coattails of Scream, but managed to really make a name for itself. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's different enough that I see it as a completely separate film. I, I look at it this way. Yes, it's clearly ripping some stuff off. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with it. It's two cakes theory again. It's I have I have this other movie that I really like and is really actually pretty smartly written and is enjoyable. And yeah, no, it ripped a couple things off, but who gives a shit? Because it's another good, fun movie. Because it's just as good. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, not just as good, but it's... it's Yeah, but it's it's another... Just as enjoyable. It's another fun movie. That's all I need. Exactly. And that's all it comes down to is that this movie is enjoyable. And honestly, you know, one of the arguments that could be made is that, you know, Scream kind of did play on the idea of an urban legend, which is like, it's kind of a variation on the when a stranger calls, you know, yeah. it's the babysitter at home and the call is coming from inside the house and, and all of that. Um, 
And Urban Legend kind of said, okay, well, I'm going to take that and I'm going to do all of them. And it's kind of this uh, amalgamation of <laughs> of all of these <laughs> urban legends. and But it doesn't feel like, it, it doesn't feel, it's not like scary stories to tell in the dark where it's like, this is the story and this yeah. is the story and this is the story. It's like, these are just the methods that are being used to to kill to these people. Kill and these people. You and it's based on on why the killer is the killer. Yeah, and you frequently don't realize what legend is happening until, until the kill you is look like back already like halfway in progress or even just I after. Know. Especially uh uh God, what what the hell is his name? Uh Parker. Yeah, the Parker one who is dies fucked up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he has a real bad day. Yeah. Parker like, has a really bad day. Oof, like that is the worst one for me. Like, he, I'm not... he drinks like Drano and yeah. he wakes up with no kidney and Oh no, he he uh he wakes up in the bathtub with ice, right? He doesn't um, actually lose a kidney. No, I don't think he wakes up at all. He wakes up he he kind of goes to throw up. She ties his hands together and then makes him drink Drano. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. What which which kill am I thinking of where they wake up in the bathtub full of ice? Is that this movie? I think it's the second one. I think they oh, redid think the right. kidney thing in the sequel to this film. Yeah, which we because the kidney. Done. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll get into <laughs> yeah. that one day. Um, the kidney one kind of does make an appearance in this one, but it's at the very end and never actually happens. Yeah. Uh, although although <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, why do you think that um, this movie resonates so much with people who grew up in the 90s? Because it's like we said, this could be one of those movies that's like kind of silly and not really that scary. Like if I watch this as an adult, I might not like it as much as I like it now uh, having watched it as a kid. I think some of it is just the fact that like this this movie is basically I love nineties the horror I love the nineties the horror movie. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's at one point Natalie picks up the phone and there's the AOL like screechy like modem noise, like Yeah. <laughs> there's there's a references to, to to Mikey and the Noxima commercial and like all this other crap that like unless you were a nineties kid, you probably wouldn't get the reference. Yeah. Like there's a lot of stuff in this movie that doesn't age well. It's essentially a period piece now. It really like, is. But honestly, a lot of the horror movies end up being that way because they have to play on what's happening in the world right now. Like a lot of what's funny is I was saying to David the other day cuz like I've said many times before, David is very interested in horror shorts. And a lot of the shorts that he ends up watching and that we watch together, they really play on young people's vulnerability with relation to technology like it always has to do with getting like a phantom text message or an app that's trying to kill you like there's a lot of that kind of horror right now and it's because people are so engrossed in their phones and their tablets and their technology that you know that's a big part of the way people are seeing the world and the way they're interacting with the world and so it's like well how can this be used to scare people how can this technology being out of control or being in the wrong hands become scary you know yeah and in a weird way this movie feels kind of like a throwback like like a little bit just because the technology doesn't really have anything to do with the deaths 
it's just it, no in a it, lot of ways it doesn't it marks it at this point in time where like cell phones were kind of just beginning to become a thing like, like barely by the skin of their teeth yeah <laughs> when did this come out 1998 98 yep my goodness just after scream <laughs> 2 just after yes <laughs> scream 2 came out in 1997 and this Hart came out in 1998 like, rebecca gayhart <laughs> when i'm gonna be in scream 2 and then i'm gonna be in urban legend that was Rebecca Gay Hart's 90s. And Portia de Rossi was like, I'm going to be in Scream 2. And then who knows? <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm gonna I love Portia de Rossi. I'm just teasing. Arrested Development. I was like, that's where she's going from this. But that's the early 2000s. She has, a little, she has a little break. She does have a little break. She meets Ellen. She gets to catch her breath. Yeah. I don't think, had they met at that point? I honestly have no idea. I didn't follow it really that closely. I'm surprised. Why? Was Ellen like a big, uh, was she a big icon for you as a lesbian? Not really. Mostly because like I never watched her show. Like like, like I never watched mm-hmm. her, her sitcom and like I didn't watch a lot of her stand up. Like I, I knew of her, but like I wouldn't call her like sort of a formative figure for me really that yeah. much. I do think she's very funny. I think she's um, very funny too. I, I, I have a tendency to prefer a different brand of stand-up comedy than the kind that she does which is very sort of understated and kind of like mm-hmm. vaguely sweet <laughs> and like but I'm, with punches yeah like i want like kathleen madigan i i yeah. want I, I want someone who's <laughs> Leah Delaire, there, like yeah. yeah like who's clearly <laughs> been like chain smoking for the last 20 minutes before they came out on stage <laughs> and is now going to tell you why life is terrible and you should all feel bad like that's the kind of stand-up comedy i enjoy because yeah, I, I agree with that. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Uh, which kind of leads us to Brenda in a strange way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Brenda. Bren- Brenda, I think, is probably one of my favorite killers in like a, a slasher movie. She's one of my favorites, too. I think mostly just because she actually has a motive that makes sense. Yeah. Which is helpful and doesn't happen that often. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I I will argue that, like, there is a bit of, but in any slasher movie, there's this. There's a bit of suspension of disbelief just because it's like, well, if you hated her so much for killing your boyfriend, why didn't you just kill her? <laughs> yeah, this is like a really long con to play. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> and granted, it is clearly done to terrorize Natalie. Yes. But um, I guess that's always kind of the thing. It's like in any slasher movie, you kind of have to believe that the answer is, well, they went crazy and they started killing people. And are also apparently like an evil genius who can time yeah. things, who can time things down to the Immaculately. fucking minute. <laughs> yeah, second. And, can, and has a like telep- borderline telepathic ability to predict what the her- hero, her hero or heroine is going to do. Oh, yeah, like- <laughs> absolutely. And um, I think that that is best exemplified in the death of uh, what's her name? The friend who dies in the beginning. Oh, Michelle. Michelle. Michelle yeah, Michelle. Michelle Mancini. Yeah. <laughs> she was clearly from down the shore in New Jersey. Yes. <laughs> Michelle Mancini or Long Island. One of the two. That's the other thing. It's like when I was watching this, it's really hard to like pin down where this is happening. Like it's a lot easier in most in most places. All we know is that it's vaguely New England. The dean has it's very vaguely New England, but then it's like kind of desolate. And it's like, is this is this the Yale? Is this Harvard? <laughs> the dean's car says Maine on the license plate, but does it? It it does, but at the same time, like 
Michelle pulls up to the gas station in the beginning and isn't pumping her own gas. And my instant thought is, oh, it's New mm. Jersey. Yeah. Because we're one of like, I think, two states where you don't pump your own gas. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> and I know that most people are going to disagree with me on this, but I think we should be pumping our own gas. I actually agree with that as well. Like, not that not that I want anybody to lose their job or that. Like, yeah, I, I, it's, it's not that I I'm don't fine with there still that. being just... attendants to help with problems and yeah. there being attendants to like help with mechanical things. Like if so, you should be able to pull up to the garage and like you take care of the gas and there's an attendant if you have like a mechanical problem. I'm fine with that. Keep them on full time. I'm happy for you. Yeah, uh, but I, I can pump my own gas. Yeah, it's like you sit there for an extra, like, f- sometimes 5, 10, or 15 minutes, depending on how busy the gas station is. And it's like, I could have gotten out, pumped my own gas, gotten back in the car, driven around, and done it again by the time uh, this person is done pumping my gas. And it's not their fault. It's just very frustrating. Um, but anyway, <laughs> But anyway, Urban Legends. <laughs> But yeah, and no, that, the, the minute that, that she was like honking the, the horn, one. the minute she was like honking the horn for the attendant, I'm like, oh, it has to be Jersey. And then yeah. like, apparently not. But it's like, but but that scene best exemplifies Brenda's um, incredible timing, planning. I think. Yeah, and incredible planning, knowing that uh, she's like, how long was she in that fucking car? She must have been back there for a while. Michelle ran out of gas. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we don't know how long she was driving for, but Brenda, again, has incredible <clears throat> patience. <laughs> Brenda was in the car since Delaware. She's like, yeah. God, when are she's we going like, to get to a gas station? She's like, Jesus, I just have to have her meet Brad Dourif, and then we're good. I know. And I, it, she was like, I have to make sure she stops at the gas station with the guy with the stutter so he can't tell her. <laughs> like, th- it was so immaculately Perfect. planned. Dad, and who also looks creepy, so the cops will immediately assume it's him. Yeah. Like, because and it's Brad Dourif and he looks like fucking Wormtongue. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's only one makeup artist for Brad Dourif. And it's like... <laughs> exactly. And they're like, stringy hair, pallid eyes. Okay, we're good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, clearly there is a lot of suspension of disbelief in this movie. But I will say that that opening scene was so well done. Like, as someone who just loves that kind of horror movie... It's like watching her pull away and have him finally like conquer Get the stutter and and say like there's someone in the back seat like it, he, he's so scared for her that yeah. like he can't breathe he can't even say the whole sentence it's like oh like it really creeps you out and then it cuts to her in the car and it's like oh we're not done with this like no. this is going to continue we she are going to continue she goes back to singing cold eclipse of the heart real badly like, <laughs> turn around. <laughs> Such camp nonsense. It's like, and it, I, love so the 90s. I love the nineties. Like, you know what's funny? I do a scream number where I use that song. I sing "Turn Around" and then like Ghostface comes out, and I, it's a whole thing. The video's on YouTube. You should all go look it up. But um, that song is is always used to reference kind of like horror situations yeah. and it's funny that urban legend really like wet the extra they mile really and put it in the movie into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because the second you realize like oh there's someone in the backseat and then you like really think about it it's like oh turn around Ouch. yeah i'm yeah. not sure if i should laugh at that or not <laughs> i know and then on top i think of it's it, funny personally <laughs> It is very funny. And like as someone, like as people with a dark sense of humor, I think we really enjoy it probably more than we should. <laughs> yeah, <I'm probably laughs> um the, the thing that always freaked me out about that scene is like 
after she chops off Michelle's head. Yeah. How does Brenda survive? It's like, clearly this person is not going to pull over to the side right? of the road like and easily like let you This car, car is going to come to like a gentle stop and like... I know. <laughs> Brenda's just going to get out and walk away like, teehee. Like, like, no. Like. <laughs> I'm just imagining Brenda launching herself from the backseat window. <laughs> I think it, it, it relies on a, on a very strict movie rule, which is if you are in a car crash, it's only ever the driver who dies. Whoever is in yeah. like the passenger seat is always completely 100% fine. This will happen again later to Natalie. Which and it was <laughs> exemplified again in another uh, uh, Rebecca Gayhart movie, Scream Two. <laughs> yes. Everyone in the front seat dies, and <laughs> everyone in the back lives. We'll get to that one day. Oh, we did Scream Two. We did do Scream Two already. Oh, I forgot. It feels like so long ago. I love Scream Two so much. Oh. Okay, so we, <laughs> I, just, I just needed just a moment a to, to recall. Moment. I needed a moment uh, to myself to prepare. Uh, <laughs> I do. I I love the kills in this movie. Do you have a favorite kill? I think my favorite one is actually probably Sasha. Mm, that is a like, very good one. It's not the most inventive. It's very straightforward. Like, it's literally just, like, it's a chase down and then a kill. But yeah. that, that little hand wiggle that she does just before... <laughs> the, yeah, the like, the like, and yeah. which she repeats. Which at she the repeats end. later, which is great. <laughs> which is why Rebecca Gayhart deserves a, a fangy. Uh, she I'm does gonna... deserve a fangy. And <laughs> you know what I will say about Rebecca Gayhart as well is that like, a lot of times people, um, and we've talked about this before. When they play crazy, they play it in a very specific way that is like kind of uh, stereotypical. And it doesn't really, it doesn't read as strongly. But yeah. with Rebecca Gayhart, it's like she's really playing into the disturbance that her boyfriend dying had on her. And so it's like, but she's also being funny, which I think was such an funny, interesting and way she's to do it. A, and she's enjoying what she's doing. Yeah, and it's because this time. thing has driven her mad. And it's like the performance is so, it's so nuanced, and it's so it it's so skilled. I guess is the word I'm looking for. I really, I really have a deep appreciation for what Rebecca Gayhart <laughs> did in this movie because she looks scared. Like it's suddenly you go from worrying about her the whole movie, yeah, um, because she's the best to friend really before being, she's gonna die. Yeah, to then being terrified of her, and she is scary. Like she is a scary final. Yeah, killer. and like then when she like when she pulls out like the full crazy eyes, and it's just yeah. like oh. And oh. she's got good crazy eyes. Yeah, she's those really, big blue she, eyes. Yeah, she's got those big blue crazy eyes I with know. like that small mountain of curly hair around it. For some reason, just it's just perfect. I know. I do think that, at least for me, blue eyes tend to be more like effective when you're when you're the scary person because the lightness of the blue against the white of the eye really emphasizes the pupils and it makes you look more predatory to me. Hmm. And that might just be my own No, that's fair. I never really thing. thought about it before. But don't you think because it's it it makes the eyes look so much bigger because there's so much light space and then this yeah. dark pupil and no, it's I like it. oh that it really makes them look like a predator's eyes to me. No, but I just, I die every time she does that line, that that fucking, like, luckily, I have a visual aid. 
it's like and so does a, Natalie. She has a fucking projector. Like it's she, like, she brought a projector. <laughs> like this is real preparation. First of all, she laid herself out on that bed, lit a hundred candles, which should have been the first clue. Because no, can you imagine? No her, like, man preparing. set that up. Like she set <laughs> that like, up like a spa day. She was like, she's laying I on know. the bed. There's a hundred candles. Like, it was a very Leslie Vernon thing to do. <laughs> like, like Natalie's out in the woods and she's doing the scream to make her think that she's dying. Yeah, and, and she's like, she's, she's like it, frantically she's lighting, lighting candles. candles and li- and making the bed. And she's like, ah. And Natalie, after a particularly satisfying, I must say, corpse gauntlet, because there's a pretty yes. good corpse gauntlet in this movie. There is a good corpse gauntlet. She even has to, like, push past Damon hanging in the fucking door to get into our final set mm-hmm. piece. Yeah. And, like, that takes a lot of preparation. Like, like she did not have a lot of time. So it's one of those things where I'm sitting here going, like, <laughs> damn, she should have just become an interior decorator. Like, she would have made a million dollars. Like, she could do your whole house in, like, two days. She's the scariest love it or list it ever. Like seriously. <laughs> Which, by the way, can we talk about for yes, a second? You can talk about something it. that I found out last night. This blew my fucking mind. It Hillary Farr, <laughs> Hillary Farr, who is the original um, interior designer on Love It or List It, was in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yes, she was. And I and I, I only found out because character and everything. A named character. I mean, granted, it's she's not in the movie for very yeah. long, but she plays Betty Monroe. It's nicer than Betty Monroe had. Yes. She was Betty Monroe. Yes. And it's like, I only found out because I've been watching a lot of Love It or List It because I have nothing else to do <laughs> here while I'm sitting at home. Did they like so, bring it up on the show? Like, how did you? No. Okay. I was watching it and I'm one of those people where like, I'm very into uh, like trivia and behind the scenes stuff. So if I'm watching a show and I've watched like six episodes in a row, I'll be like, oh, let me look this up on IMDb and find some trivia. And so I looked up Hillary Farr because I wanted to learn more about her. And in one of the articles, it was like 29 things you may not know about David and Hillary from... Love it or list it. And I looked at I looked at it and it was like Hillary was in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. And at first I read it and I was like, oh, she was probably in some like community yeah. theater production and they meant the Rocky Horror Show. But they said the Rocky Horror Picture Show because a lot of people don't realize that distinction that, is, yeah. that the Rocky Horror Show is the live show and the Rocky Horror Picture Show is the movie. Um, but I looked at it and it was like it was like Hillary Farr played. Betty Monroe in the film The Rocky Horror Picture Show because her family lived downstairs from Tim Curry and uh, and so they knew him and at the time she was like pursuing a career as a, as a performer mm-hmm. and so he got her the, the role, the non-speaking role of Betty Monroe and I was like, what the fuck? I was like, she was actually, and I was like, <laughs> my God, she was in the movie. And I was like, now I have to go back and watch Rocky Hard to look back at Betty Monroe and be like, oh my God, that's Hillary Farr. <laughs> you have to get it from both sides. Both sides. Both sides. <laughs> I have to get it from both sides. Oh God. <laughs> I wasn't going to make the joke. It was too obvious. Uh <laughs> So Brenda, yes, Brenda is definitely um, a very nuanced killer and very talented because the kills in this movie are are very well done. What's what's your favorite one? It's hard to say. It's very hard to say. I the one that like really um, grosses me out the most is the Dean because yeah, that one's bad. 
it re- it has elements of like pet cemetery with the the slashing of the yeah. Achilles tendon, which is like fucking disgusting to me. It's like bleh, it just instantly makes me want to vomit. <laughs> and they d- ever since Pet Cemetery, they have been including it in horror movies. Like every horror movie is just like, yeah, let's just cut the Achilles tendon. Well, that's and also I'm like, that's bleh. the urban legend too. Like that's the one that he gets. Well, no, I know, and yeah. that's the thing. It's like it's so gross and. Then he he like not only does he get uh his Achilles tendon slash, he also gets run over by a car and impaled by <laughs> impaled by a line of spikes. It's like this guy really did not deserve what what came to him. As far <laughs> I as know, I, I mean, can he remember. He was kind of an asshole. He's an asshole, but like uh, my God, like that's that's almost on par with the assistant from Jurassic World. It's like, wow. Yeah, I don't know. I'm 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 gonna say like especially considering the Jurassic World is not actually a horror movie I'm gonna I'm gonna say it was worse. I mean, her death was horrific. Yeah. Because you know what I think about all the time when it comes to that death, we are of course talking about the assistant who gets eaten by that giant fucking uh, whale dinosaur thing. My the, precious like, baby angel, Katie McGrath. Yes. Katie McGrath, who dies in in Jurassic World. Spoiler alert. Um, We've talked about this before. Just. <laughs> <laughs> Um, when she dies, that thing's mouth is so big that like, it's very unlikely that she was chewed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, she kind of, she kind of just went down. Um, and that scares me because it's like, you end up probably at least for some time conscious in something's stomach. And that to me is horrific. Yeah, I'm going to sit here and drink my summer edition Red Bull and just uh, <laughs> and pretend I never said that. Pretend I never thought about that. <laughs> like, she probably drowned in the stomach of that thing. It's watermelon and that's flavored. Horrifying. It's delicious. <laughs> it tastes like a watermelon Jolly Rancher. You're currently having one of my existential meltdowns <laughs> that I have at 3 a.m. when I think about the concept of eternity. Um, um, I have those, too. This is This is different. Yeah, it's like that just freaks me out so bad. I, whatever. So we're, that, that is one of the bi- the worst kills for me is the Dean when he gets attacked in the parking garage. Um, I also really enjoy Damon's death. I think that it was... Uh, Damon's death is weirdly like fun. Like, yeah. like, especially because like, damn, Brenda, you made her part of it. Yeah, you made her kind of participate in the murder, yeah. which is is kind of crazy. And especially because that is that is one of the classic urban legends. It is one of the ones that everybody knows and loves is the the hook on the door, which strangely was kind of left out of this one. But um Yeah, it comes it comes back in the sequel, as I recall. Does it? Yeah, no, I think they, they do the hook the hook handed guy in the sequel. It's been a very long time since I've seen uh, the sequel Urban is Legend Two. Pretty terrible. So <laughs> it was not nearly as good as the first no. one, and it's it's funny to me because Bob and I, <laughs> you know how we always talk in movie quotes. One of the one of the quotes from that movie that really stuck with me, and I don't know why, is when the boyfriend is like, "I don't have any money." But it's like <laughs> he says it in a strangely like effeminate way, but like only for that one minute. He's very butch throughout the whole movie and then when he's talking to it's her about like completing his project literally it's like they could have <laughs> they could have swapped him out and so he, and she's like well why don't we just blah 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 and he's like i don't have any money 
And it's, it's just it's so funny to me. And Bob and I say it to each other all the time, but it's kind of evolved into um, Burt Wonderstone, where Steve Carell says, are you trying to tell me I don't have any money? <laughs> so it's kind of a, it's kind of a, a combination of those two <laughs> phrases. Um, I do love Damon's death. I think that it's probably one of the more satisfying ones because he's kind of an annoying fucking character. Yeah, and also uh, kind of a shithead, like, immediately before that. Yeah, and it's like, he's he's kind of doing that, like, putting the pressure on a girl who clearly doesn't want it um, and is actively saying no. And, and then she punches him in the face, and it's incredibly satisfying. Incredibly satisfying. <laughs> and it's like, well, at least he deserved to get, like, hung up and, and, and dried out. Like, he is... It was like, okay, I, I'm not really that scared right now because no one wanted him to live anyway. <laughs> yeah, but the fact that then she gets gaslighted for, like, the rest of the movie as to whether or not he's actually dead. Oh, like, yeah. Like, everybody going, no, he probably just dropped a mannequin on you and went to a ski resort. It's like, how the hell <laughs> did Brenda kill this guy in front of the main protagonist? Have the main protagonist participate in his death. <laughs> And she and, still can't convince people. And she people. still can't convince people that this kid is dead. Like, like Ah, Jesus. the 90s. Like, like, <laughs> did she not immediately run to the police? I don't understand. Like, I know. Like, Brenda's, like, running back out there, like, <laughs> gotta get the body, gotta get the body, gotta get the body, gotta get the body. <laughs> like, by the time the cops get there, it's just like, yeah, we don't know, like, we don't know why there's this huge hole in the windshield. He destroyed his own car, apparently, for a prank, and then just walked away. <laughs> yeah, I I don't understand what the, the reasoning was behind everyone in this movie, because clearly they are mistaken. But this is also uh, a movie where you, can, where you can cover up uh, some guy killing an entire floor of a dorm and have no one know that it happened. Yeah. Like, th that's this movie? So, like, <laughs> I didn't say that the plot was 100% airtight. <laughs> it's not. And honestly, like, that's the thing that kills me is, like, I will say that maybe in this movie, um, I, I don't know, it, it kind of displays a an authority that almost doesn't seem to exist in like a a more well put together movie like Scream 2 because at least in this movie uh the school is actively taking measures to protect people you see more of the security as a matter of fact uh Loretta Divine yeah, we haven't plays about the amazing yeah. Reese the amazing uh security guard who by the way is one of my favorite people in the world i love L loretta divine she's an incredible <laughs> actress she was in the original cast of dream girls on broadway uh she played laurel for those of you who are musical theater buffs like me um i and you know it it is kind of interesting the way uh she or i'm sorry it is kind of interesting the way that this movie addresses the school's actions and I'm not saying that they're good. I'm not saying no. that they did a good job because clearly people continue to die and Brenda takes Natalie out into the woods to take her kidneys. But yeah. uh, it it is interesting because in Scream 2, it kind of seems like the school doesn't even fucking care that anything's yeah, happening. Yeah, they didn't even try. Like. <laughs> yeah, whereas in this one, they actually are making a concerted effort. 
you know, it's nice to see. It's also nice to see, like, an adult do something <clears throat> in, like, a college-aged, in a college-aged horror movie. Yeah. Like, it's it's kind of nice to see, like, an adult actually trying to protect the people that they're supposed to be protecting. Yeah, because typically <laughs> they, they treat college students in these movies like they're full-blown adults and it's like when you're in college you don't know your ass from a hole in the ground like it is you you don't know anything you literally don't know anything you're still basically a child you do i mean it's a it's a huge transitional period because it's for a lot of people it's the first time you're out on your own it's the first time you're experiencing any kind of independence and so it's like you think you know it's it's a very sophomoric situation. You think you know way more than you do about existing in the world and how you would treat a certain situation, but in a lot of ways you are still very dependent on authority figures and on on guidance and and things like that. Um and especially like in a situation like this where even someone who we would say is a full-blown adult would probably mm-hmm. be looking for some kind of authority figure to help out. Yeah, because like, again, it it comes back to that discussion we had about world experience where it's like it has nothing to do with being unintelligent, but you just don't have You're just not equipped for it. Yeah, and not that not that I think most adults are equipped for a serial killer attack no. or a, you know, but I I think that most adults have experienced some kind of uh emergency or traumatic emergency that like you've kind of built up this this accumulation of experiences that you go okay well if something bad happens this is where i go to fix it you know yeah. what i mean and a lot of college aged kids are just starting to have experiences like that and so it, it's a much it's a much shakier ground to be on like they're for the first time they're on the ground but the ground is so wobbly and they're trying to figure out how to navigate it I'm saying this is someone who has been on that wobbly ground. <laughs> no, but I, I think that's one of the reasons I like seeing her in there is that kind of like, you you just don't get that a lot in horror movies. And I mean, yes, she's clearly kind of a ripoff of Dewey, but like, I don't think so much so that she's not her own character. And I actually think she's way more effective. She's than way Dewey. more effective. Than Dewey. She actually <laughs> saved somebody. Like no tea. I love Dewey, but but Reese really is is. A, she is absolutely and the then, the the savior in this movie. And then Jared Leto and Alicia Witt just leave her there for the paramedics to bleed out while they drive I away know. in the rain. <laughs> like she's literally been shot trying to save your stupid asses, and, and they're like, there. bye. And they're like, oh, she'll be fine. The paramedics are on their way. You didn't even wait for them to get there. (laughs) She's bleeding out on the ground. (laughs) Like, holy shit, Jared Leto. Like, what the fuck, man? But that explains why Jared Leto is the only bad character. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Paul is a useless sack of shit. We finally came around to this. I think this is the first time we've ever said we're going to talk about this later and we're actually doing it. (laughs) It's an episode of firsts episode of firsts absolutely yeah paul is is a useless sack of turds and honestly i cannot believe that like first of all all of her friends are terrible people with the possible exception of sasha Mm -hmm. so like i'm not sad when anybody dies in this movie except sasha sasha's the only one who i feel bad for i mean i will i will say that parker i don't hate him he's he's not the kind of person i would hang out with 
it can be a little bit douchey, but he was like, he was the Matthew Lillard. He was the uh, Stu. It's like, he was the fun, lighthearted guy. And granted, uh, again, it's like, he's not the kind of person I would probably have in my friend group, but I don't think he was a bad person. It just wasn't like, I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't my sense of humor. I have to admit some of this is just like, I watched you like, give that tiny tiny dog like a way more than advisable amount of beer yeah <laughs> so there's a part of me that's like that's like you're a terrible pet owner and therefore like you deserve this i think no, any like, amount of beer is probably an unadvisable amount of beer yeah but like definitely a funnel's <laughs> a worth dog. is is definitely too much for a dog that size yes I, like, I will definitely agree with you although i wouldn't say that that's the worst thing that happens to that dog no, far from it. And we'll get <laughs> to, to be that. fair, Brenda, we're, Brenda we're not... really goes far and beyond. <laughs> yeah, if you have a problem with violence against animals, check does the dog die before you watch this film? Yeah. The answer is yes. <laughs> the answer you is don't yes, see the dog it. does die. Well, you, you see the aftermath, but not You the see end. the aftermath, yeah. but you do not see the actual death of the dog. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Brenda, Brenda really turns him into like a beer bean dip. Like it's... <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> That not... poor dog is just... <laughs> It's it's, it's it's not terrible. cute, which is funny because you would think if I disliked him for abusing the dog that I would dislike Brenda, but I still love Brenda. I, I don't like what she did and I'm going to no. give her some very strong, I'm going no, to write a very I, I, strongly I worded condone. letter. I don't condone what Brenda did, but I do love her as a character. <laughs> I do still love Brenda. I think it kind of makes a difference that like Brenda ends up being evil. I mean, you don't know at the time that Brenda's the one that killed the dog either, um, but Brenda ends up being the bad guy. So it's like, you kind of have to be like, well, oh, okay. Well, of she, course if, she did. Yeah. Yeah. If, if she killed all these other people, it's not that far-fetched that she would have done something terrible to a dog. Yeah. <clears throat> and again, like, it's not any less, uh, it, <laughs> it's not any less shocking that she killed people as opposed to a dog. But it, yeah. it, it is uh, part of what it's we a, love about our slasher moment, killers. Though. But no, the point I was going to the point I was going to make, though, is the fact that, like, Paul doesn't die makes me more upset than, any, than like, any of the people that did die. Like, the yeah, fact that Paul agreed. makes it out of this movie still breathing is, like, the one and only, like, true knock I have against this movie. Because it's like, this guy should be dead. Like he I will sh- absolutely agree with that. Like, he should have died. <laughs> like... <laughs> In a very like, selfish way, I'm saying that, but like, if nothing died. else, he's a smarmy, pretentious asshole. The yeah. romance angle came out of absolute nowhere. Yeah, like they, there was no reason for them to kiss. Like it just doesn't. He does not work. Like he is just he is one big long sour note running through this entire movie. I agree, and it's I don't, like you I should have just killed kind of him useless. in the climax and let it go. It really is one of those things where it's like. He was the red herring, and I get that, but it's it. This is one of the, uh, the 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 faults that I find with this movie is that Paul really was not useful for anything but the red herring. Even at, excuse me, even at the end, he is not really effective for any reason. He's and not, you have, sorry, he, I was just he's not helpful. No, you know? and you have a perfectly good red herring in Robert England, so why do you need a second one? Yeah, Robert England was the perfect red herring. And honestly, if they had 
kept him around longer, it would have been more effective and better done, frankly, than Paul. And it's also like if she had just gone to Professor Wexler and he had told her about Stanley Hall, you literally have no other reason for Paul to be in that movie. Yeah. Like Paul is literally there to find out that the massacre really happened. And that's kind of it. And be the red herring, both of which could have been accomplished by Robert England's character. And it would have been just as scary, if not way better. I do think that, and I mean, this is totally speculation and maybe affected by my bias. Um, I think that there's a good chance that Paul's, <laughs> Paul's ne- necessity in this movie is, th- like, the reason he is necessary in this movie is kind of misogynistic. I think that it's that we're supposed to assume that Natalie was not strong enough to get out of the final situation, which is strange because then the hero is Reese. Yeah. So it's like, why is Paul even there? It it really is a very strange moment. It's really just to like dangle him in front of Rebecca Gayhart again. And it's like having like Brenda want to be with him too is just like, it's so stupid. It's like, first of all, Jared Leto is not that fuckable. Okay, that Brenda who has gone completely off the fucking rails. I mean, is he like, was but in the he's 90s. so cute. No, but it's just like she comes, she's murdering <laughs> people fair, left and right. You she have just poured a much Drano. She just poured Drano a much down a kid's throat. That's fair, but like <laughs> she just poured Drano down a kid's throat. I don't think she's thinking about boys. Like, you know, like, I mean, she's not. She's clearly not. Although this all does stem from the kind of abrupt ending of a romantic relationship. I don't think that <laughs> I don't think it's far-fetched to say that she would be romantically interested in him, but I don't think it was necessary to the to the movie. No, either. but it makes me very happy when she says you're cute, but not that fucking cute, and points yeah. the gun at him again. Because it's like, oh, thank God she didn't fall for that. Yeah, like- and, and that's part of what makes her such a good v- villain, is that like she's not just... They, they don't reduce her to just like a, this, like, a boy crazy... S- yeah, squirming <laughs> pile of hormones. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I don't think Paul was at all necessary. And it's like, well, why did we keep him around then? We just needed a romantic interest in this. Is that what it really comes down to? Like, Pretty much. They had, to, they had so to hold him up like he might be Billy Loomis and then at the very end pull the rug out and say he's not. I know. And I, I'm sure that on some level, the writer of this movie was probably like, ooh, I'm, I'm going to trick them. And he's going, he's. You know, he's not the killer. And it's like anyone who's watching this movie knows that Paul is not the killer. We have set this up too strongly to actually believe that they would make Paul the killer. If nothing else, like, again, Robert England is a way more believable red herring. So, like... (laughs) Exactly. He's a much more effective red herring. And not for nothing, I think it's because Robert England was just a a better performer in in this instance. But... I personally am not a big fan of Jared Leto. <laughs> I know that this is all my bias. Like, I, I don't think he, I, I, I don't enjoy his performances. I won't say that he's a bad actor. I think it would be rude of me to say, but I, I don't enjoy his performances. <laughs> it's like, that's the, that's the diplomatic way I'll go I will, about saying this. I will second your, your diplomatic opinion and say, I, I, I have a hard time enjoying movies, which Jared Leto is in. Um, (laughs) (laughs) any movie that Jared Leto is in for any reason particularly Suicide Squad well yes Um, Uh, and not only because of his performance which is hard to enjoy anyway because it's not a good movie but he was most definitely the worst part 
to be fair, I never saw it. I didn't. I didn't watch this. D- David watched Suicide Squad, and uh, I don't really know his feelings about it. I don't know what he thought of it. Um, I I believe he did not care for it, as we both enjoyed um, the Harley Quinn movie, Birds of Prey. Like, well, that's what I more. I know that he liked. Uh, what's her name? The the Margot actor Robbie. who played Margot Robbie. He loves yeah. Margot Robbie, and I know that that was his favorite part of Suicide Squad. <laughs> I don't think he liked most of the other aspects of the movie no and it, it wasn't a great movie but anyway urban legend urban legend yes yep. well speaking <laughs> of anyway we urban legend this happens yep. to be the end of the conversation Woo! <laughs> we did it we, we got through it urban legend um we do have a, a fun little a fun little game for the end do we we do uh, you wrote <laughs> it. i know i know i know <laughs> <laughs> do you want do you want to uh explain the game you came up with it's, mean, a it's, it's a hypothetical it's less of a game it's yeah. um i don't have the outline in front of me so i prefer if you did oh sure <laughs> <laughs> so the hypothetical that sam came up with for this episode uh and i'm just looking at this now was if brenda was trying to kill you which legend would you absolutely not want her to use and this is a very interesting hypothetical um what would your answer be I think the worst urban legend for me, like the one that gets me every time, is it's not, I don't even know that it really has a name, but essentially it goes like this. This girl lives alone, and she has a hard time sleeping alone, but she has her dog with her. So whenever she's mm. scared, she puts her hand out and the dog licks her hand. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the one day she wakes up, finds the dog gutted. And with it in scrawled in its blood on the wall is humans can lick too. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> creepy. So yeah. Um, I don't need to be licked before I'm murdered. Like, so I'm gonna go ahead. Some and people say that would one. argue that it's the best way to go. I I mean, um, I'm good. Like, like I would I would nope out on that one. I think that's I, my. Answer. I don't blame you for that. I think mine. If the like. If I had to pick the way Brenda was going to kill me, the one I would absolutely not want is uh, the Mosasaurus from Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> that one's definitely out for me. Um, I don't know. I think the one that tends to scare me the most is the calls coming from inside the house. And I know that that's a very like, it's a very popular kind of generic answer, but it's like the idea that you're kind of safe haven has been infiltrated and you've been there with it the whole time that danger really kind of gets under my skin no i mean the the calls are coming from in the side the house is a a classic b it's been done in several scary movies to varying effect for that reason Mm -hmm. like it's a terrifying prospect like the idea that you've just been sitting here feeling like you're safe like you said and then all of a sudden it's like oh i'm not safe like, and I don't know how to be safe because what do because I do now? Because where do I go? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of the that's kind of the funny thing about. Did you know? And this is something I only found out the other day. There is uh, when a stranger calls two. Yep. Um, and I did not know that. Apparently, I have not watched it, so I could be totally wrong. It is more like the remake of When a Stranger Calls, where it's yeah. like it's just the first it's ten minutes the of the original. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what the original one should have been <laughs> i don't know why they ever thought it should have been if nothing else like i feel like having the entire movie star carol kane would have been more enjoyable 
Well, didn't it? Isn't the rest of the movie about him getting out of jail and stalking her? He gets out of jail, but I don't think he stalks her. I think he stalks someone else. It's been a long time since I watched that movie. I remember trying to watch it, but the first time I watched it, I thought it was like the whole movie is this thing. And He might be trying to, but I don't think she appears in the movie again. I could have sworn that she was in the rest of the movie, but I could be wrong. Um, Again, like when I realized that that wasn't what the movie was, I basically like fell asleep and don't have any recollection of the other like hour and 20 minutes of that movie. (laughs) So, yeah, that would be my my hypothetical is I would not want to be uh, when a stranger calls. That's that's fair. (laughs) (laughs) So that's it. We got through Urban Legend. I I really do love this movie. If we if there was a part that we missed that uh you think should have been in this discussion, please let us know. Although I will say the pop rock scene, the pop is, rock scene is uh, Mikey likes it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do I do really enjoy, it, especially because again Brenda or, or I'm I'm sorry Rebecca Gayhart is a very talented actress, and you see the change on her face when she eats the pop rocks and then he offers her the coke and she's like oh no we are not (laughs) doing this um and so i actually really appreciated that scene because it kind of delves into like there he's like everybody has a girl in their hometown who was stalked while she was babysitting everybody has someone in their hometown who died eating pop rocks and coke like everyone has the person in their family you know it's like him teaching them what an urban legend was is obviously very expository but it's it's also very effective and i think a lot of that can be attributed to robert england yeah no it's a fun scene although i have to admit like there's there was a part of me when i was watching it this time that was like no college professor in the world would have let that kid do that no because he knows who that kid is yeah. Like, he, he knows perfectly well that Joshua Jackson been like, is... He'd sit down, Damon. He'd be like, sit the fuck down, Damon. <laughs> because it's college and you can swear at them. I know. And that was that is my favorite part of giving seminars at college. <laughs> <laughs> All right, kids. That's it for Urban Legend. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this discussion. This is another episode of My Spooky Gay Family. I hope you really... Uh, enjoyed it and i i hope that you're all staying safe and healthy out there wherever you are um so until next week stay spoopy and remember My Spooky Gay Family features music by Nate Walker, artwork by David Alon, and this episode contains clips from Urban Legend, distributed by TriStar Pictures 1998. Please subscribe on iTunes, leave us a nice message, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr. My Spooky Gay Family is a product of Barbara Duel Productions. Barbara Duel.